Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Good morning. It's good to see you guys. Hope you're having a great weekend. Wasn't worship amazing today? Man, let's give them a hand. Wow. I said this in the Saturday service during worship. I was like, I don't even want to speak today. I just want to keep worshiping. It's just been so powerful this weekend, and just the presence of God in this place has just been amazing, and so grateful for Pastor Keith and, and our worship team is that, man, they just take us into the presence of God, and so, um, you know, uh, as pastor, I want to take a moment and welcome those of you that are guests today, and it's a huge honor to have you here this morning with us, and um, man, we just want you to be at home and relax. And if you would do us a favor and uh, take a moment, there should be a connection card right in front of you and just fill that out uh, in just a few moments, maybe in a low point in the message, you can uh, fill that out. It's not going to hurt my feelings. Uh, just fill that out. And, you know, just as a way of letting you know, we appreciate you being here. We want to buy you lunch and give you some gift cards today. And uh, if you'll uh, take that card by the information center, they'll give you some gift cards to a great restaurant here in town. So thank you so much for being here, and it's just an honor to have you here. Let me take a moment and also just mention this to you that, you know, our church is growing so much, and in fact, um, uh, it's looking like at the end of the summer, we're probably going to be adding a fourth service on the weekend, and uh, we're working and doing a lot of things that have got to happen for us to be able to do that, but, you know, it's a good problem to have, what God is doing, and, and we're here to see God change people's lives. And I, I want to just encourage you to, to, to hear me today when I say this, that, you know, um, we have an incredible opportunity that God has given us and how God has placed us here in this community to reach people. And the Sunday services are 9.30 and 11, service, 11 o'clock service is usually the service that a new person or, or an unchurched person, when they're visiting church, that's the service they're going to go go to. And so we want to create space for them to be able to come um, and, and hear about Jesus Christ. And you know where I'm going next is that I'm going to encourage you to go to Saturday night service. If you have been here more than five, six months, a year, uh, man, I would love for you to, to try out the Saturday night service. And I know this may not be convenient for you. And maybe if you're like been in church your whole life and you're like, man, it just sounds ungodly to go to church on Saturday. Well, I want you to try it and I promise you're going to love it. Okay, you come hang out here and go out, out to dinner with your friends and, and family. And it's just a great, great rhythm being able to go uh, uh, on Saturday night. So I want to encourage you to, to, to move over. If you've been coming here five, six months to a year, if you could move over to Saturday night, it would help us. Do you know that we have on an average 100 people visit our church? New people visit Creekwood every weekend, every month, not, not every weekend, every month. And so we got to create space. Last weekend, we had people out in the foyer sitting in metal chairs. And so we just, we, we believe that that's not a great experience for people. And so help us out. And do, by doing that, it's going to help us reach more people for Jesus Christ. Amen? amen? Three people said amen. Everybody else is like, you're not making me move. Okay. Uh, let's get into, into the word today and my, uh, the, the teaching that I want to share with you. You know, we've been in this series, It's Worth It. 
And I've just, you know, I've loved, loved um, this series. You know, if you've been around here for very long, you know that I love to talk about relationships. And I believe that our relationships are powerful. And the people in our life, and, and, you know, the older that I get, the more that I realize that people are really what matter. That it's not about things, it's not about jobs and all kinds of different things. It's people in our life. It's so powerful. And, and you look at the Bible, and our, our theme scripture is found in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. The, the Bible says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. This man, the story that Jesus is telling is about a man that he found something that he realized it was worth everything he had to have it. And his perspective changed completely. And he's like, I've got to get this in my life. And I know that you have a lot of different things in your life that you value. And I I believe that the most valuable thing you have in your life outside of your relationship with Jesus Christ, it is your relationship with people. And in this series, what I've been trying to do is recast a fresh vision in your heart and in your life to understand that what makes the church the church, it's not a building, it's not a service, it's not religion, it's the people in the church. It's when people gather together in the name of Jesus Christ and we do life together, powerful, powerful things happen. You know, Jesus Christ gave his life not for a building, he gave his life for people. And if you ever lose track of that and you start to make your faith about a building, about a place, about a service, church is not going to be valuable to you anymore. It's going to be something that you're going to mark off your list of your week and you're going to go, we got to go to church and then we got to go to Luby's or wherever you're going today. I don't know where you're going. I don't I'm hungry. But anyways, (laughs) had a little moment there. But, you know, it's, it's so easy to lose track of this. And this is just a building. Listen to me. If we're not here, this is just a building. The people in here, as we gather together, you know, the Bible says that, that, that Jesus says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I'm going to be. So relationships are important in our life. And I want you to write this down today because I believe that, there, that the Bible is so clear about this, and this is that, that there is a huge connection between my relationship with God and my relationship with people. And if you want to write this down today, healthy relationships always flow out of a relationship with God. Healthy relationships always flow out of a relationship with God. You can't separate them. Now, I know we try to separate it. We try to separate it and we're like, you know what, I've got my relationship with God and I got my relationship with people and those are two things, God and I are on one side and then there's a bunch of jerks and people that I don't like out there. And we, what we try to do is we try to separate this and I, I would present this to you today that maybe when you look at your life, just think with me today, when you look at your life, and you think about your relationships, maybe the reason why 
your marriage is blowing up. Maybe the reason why you look around and, and, and those close, close friends that you want so bad, it's just like, it seems like it's, they're not happening. Maybe it's your relationship with your kids. It's just all kind of a mess. And the one door that you have never thought to unlock, to open in your life, has been to walk through the door of understanding that my relationship with God affects my relationship with people. That if I want to have a healthy relationship with people, it has to start with a healthy relationship with God. And, and this is, I believe, that this is something that we miss this. See, I believe that a lot of us here today, we, we don't have relational problems. We've got a, a, a Jesus problem in our life. And we're, 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 we're frustrated. We're like, you know what? I, I'm going to church. I'm a Christian and I'm trying to do this whole Christian thing. And yet my relationships everywhere I go, it's like, man, I try to be, treat people right. But the people just push my buttons. How many of you have people in your life that they just kind of push your buttons? Okay. Most of us should be raising our hand. There's a lot of jerks out there, right? <laughs> You're not one of them. <laughs> Somebody in here raised their hand and they were thinking about you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> they were like, oh, I can't stand it. I love God, but I don't like those church people. And you try so hard, and, and man, you're kind of clipping along, and, and, and some of you, this is what's going on in your marriage. You, you got married, and you were like, had all these great plans of how that, you were going to change your spouse. <laughs> and you had this picture, and they were going to be like a certain way, and man, and, and now you've been married a while, and you were like, man, every time they open their mouth, they sound just like their daddy, <laughs> or like... I feel like I'm, you know, you're, 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 you hear your wife talking and doing things and you are like, man, they sound just like their mama. <laughs> and you have all of this junk that's happening. <laughs> we got to be careful here. I'm treading on a careful, dangerous territory. You got, you got all these experiences, all this hurt and this pain and how, you know, the family you grew up in, the, the, the model you saw in your mom and dad and, and your family members and friends and the way you were brought up. And a lot of us here were not brought up in a Christian home. And so you got all this dysfunction junk going on inside of you. And then you come to God and now you're going, I thought my relationships would be different And you're, what you're trying to do is keep it separated. And I'm just going to tell you something that I believe that, listen, as long as, as you are not receiving the, the truth of God, of who God is in your life, you will never be released to love in the way that God has called you to love people. See, I said receive the, the, the truth of God's word and who God is in your life. See, this means that you've got to open the door of your life, that it is worth as uncomfortable as it is for you to open the door of your life and, and fully engage in a relationship with Jesus Christ in your life, that it moves beyond. See, if, if, if your 
faith and your Christianity is based upon just being an attender and showing up on a weekend, it's never going to change. It means you got to be willing to open up the door and, and decide that, you know what, my relationships in my life, it is worth it. And it's got to start with my relationship with Jesus Christ. And I've got to go deeper in my life with him. That means that you start to really uncover, pull back the layers of your life where you can begin to receive the healing in your life that God so long and wants to bring inside of your life. But it, it only happens when you begin to understand that, you know what, you can't disconnect it. It's connected. Isn't it true that there are a lot of things in life that they are just connected, you cannot separate them? Like, you know, you can't separate the cow from Chick-fil-A, right? I mean, it just goes with it. Like, like the Chihuahua and Taco Bell, they just go together. Peanut butter and jelly, you can't separate it. They, they just kind of go together. You don't want to eat those things separate. Like nobody goes and gets a big old spoonful of jelly. Some of y'all maybe do that, but... Michael Jordan, it, you think of the bulls, right? Crying at baby dedications, you think of Pastor Brad, right? <laughs> the worship team, what do you think about when you think about the worship team? It's skinny jeans. <laughs> like, I look at some of these guys up here, and I'm like, did y'all put Vaseline on your legs to get those pants on you? <laughs> I've tried to do that, and my wife like, tells me, when you turn 50, you don't wear skinny jeans anymore, okay? <laughs> I've never been able to do that. But they just kind of go together. Bald heads, Pastor Keith, right? It just kind of goes together. I think of that. When you think of Satan, what do you think of? Cats. Dogs. All dogs go to heaven. They're, they're just godly. Cats, they go to hell. It just kind of goes together. <laughs> Somebody in the 930 service said they're going to give me a cat. And I'm like, don't you dare. <laughs> My wife has one, so we got that problem. Um, we can't separate them. They go together. Your relationship, the success, the relationship that you want so bad in your marriage. Let me say this to you, those of you that are married. You know what? If you don't have a friendship in your marriage, you're in trouble. What makes a marriage strong is a friendship. You got a friendship. I know all, our society tells us all kinds of different junk. A friendship in a, in a it, it, it's, it's, it's powerful. You, you want a great friendship, you, in your marriage, you want a relationship with people that you are like, you know what, I, I'm, most of us, listen, this is sad, but most of us, we don't, we don't have long-term friends. We, we have friends that are just seasonal and, and they just, they don't last. They're not a part of our life in a deep way that really brings about change in our life. Why? Because we got, we got issues. We're like porcupines. Listen to me, that the relationship you want with your kids, it's, it's got to start with you understanding it 
It's built upon you first saying, the problem is not the people in my life. The problem is I have got to develop this strong relationship with Jesus Christ. I've got to allow that I have to receive God's word inside of my life so that I can be released to be able to treat people and love people in the way that God has called me to to do this. You know, Paul has so much to say about relationships. And in Ephesians, if you want to turn over to Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to be um, bouncing around a lot around Ephesians today. But Ephesians chapter 5, Paul just talks so much about relationships. And he says, be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love, Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I want you to notice this. He says, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us. And what what you've got to begin to understand is is, as you begin to understand, allow the truth of God's word and those, those, those godly principles to start to transform your life and, and how you treat other people. One of the, 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 the foundational principles that if you will learn this in your life, it'll change so many things is that when you get to a place that you start to really understand how God has loved you, it changes everything. See, you... you You'll never be able to love people in the way that God has called you to love and even the way that you want to love them as long as your love is based upon what other people do for you. And most of us, what happens is is our operating system and the way that we love each other, it's according to what does somebody else do for me? And you're waiting around for them to do the right things for you to show them the love. And if it's based out of that, you are going to be disappointed and, and, and it's going to be very difficult for you to love in the way that you're supposed to love. But if you will start by understanding as you get healthy in your relationship with God is that the first place, as Paul says here, is that we love as Christ has loved us and gave himself to us. We love each other. We love people not because of what they do. We love people because of the way that God has loved us. This changes everything. And so the greatest gift that you can give someone is the gift of a healthy relationship. Why? Because when you have a healthy relationship with God and you become free inside of your life, it frees you to be able to love them the way God has loved you. In 1 Corinthians 13, this is such a, a... just sobering scripture. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angel, but angels, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardships that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. And Paul goes on to say, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. 
Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, here's what we don't want to talk in church, talk about in church. It's kind of like the elephant in the room. As most of us hear this kind of list that Paul has given us, and what do we think? Are you crazy? I can't do that. There's no way that I can love in that way. And I listen to me. I'm here to tell you, you can't. You cannot within yourself, as you take matters into your own hands, you will never be able to love this way. The only way that you can love people in this deep, deep way and that have that kind of relationship with people that God has called you to do, it's as God's love flows through you and this understanding and how God has received you in your life. See, isn't it true that we make things a mess when we take matters into our own hands? And a lot of us, our, our marriage, I, listen, and I, again, I've, I've tried to take matters in my own hands and and. And again, you subconsciously want to separate things. Like my wife and I, we can get in a fight, even on, on a Saturday or a Sunday morning before church, I can get in an argument. How many of y'all get in arguments before church? How many of y'all got in an argument today on the way to church? I'm just kidding. Some of y'all are too mad to raise your hand. But we get in this, this fight, you know, and, and this happens. You get in these fights, you're angry, and you're, you're getting mad at each other, and you're arguing, and some of y'all that... Throwing a little cuss word here and there, you know, let it slip out, you know, and you 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 pull into fantasy fantasy land Creekwood Church, and what happens is you're like you walk out the get out of your car, your wife's in the back, you're walking up to the door, and you're like, praise God, I love Jesus. Hey, Pastor, how you doing? I'm doing great, and your wife's behind you. I want to punch you in the mouth. I hate his guts. And we're again, we're coming in here, and we're we're, we're we're trying to keep it separated and we're thinking it doesn't affect those things. And when we take matters into our own hands and listen to me, I've made a mess a lot of times of, in our relationship when I've tried to separate it and take matters in my own hands. Some of you right now are parents of teenagers. God bless you. You're a parent of maybe, a, 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 listen, you're, you're, you're a mother of a 13-year-old girl, that her life is days of our life every, every day. Can I get a witness of all the teenage mamas in here? Not teenage mothers. I mean, mothers of teenagers. <laughs> That's another series. We're not doing that one. Okay, my word, I didn't mean. Um, their life's a mess. Teenagers, and, and, and listen, as a youth pastor for 16 years, I, I, I was in that world. And if you tried it, you will never be able to figure that out. You can't be the parent that you need to be if you take matters into your own hands and you separate. You need the help of God. <laughs> Y'all like the way I, express, I did that expression? You need the help of God with teenagers. You need the help of God with your marriage Listen, we like to play like, you know what, the people with marriage problems don't go to church and, and, and the people in church, they've all got great marriages. And listen, that's a lie. 
People in church have just as many problems in, in, in their marriages. And, and what happens is, listen to me, we get this mixed up. And when you hear a scripture like this where Paul is talking about this, it's, it's crazy to think that, we're, that God's expectation that I'm called to love like this. You have a calling on your life to love in this way, and you will never do this outside of really understanding this and getting this in your heart that it is connected to your relationship with God. The key is found in John 15, 5. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, we can do nothing. See, this is an invitation from Jesus for you to get connected. If you get connected to me, Jesus says, you're going to bear much fruit. And what's the fruit? The first fruit that you're going to start to bear is love. You see this in John 15, 9. It says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other. Here it is, as I have loved you. What Jesus is saying is, I want you to love people like I have loved you. That's the calling on our life is that he wants us to love like he loved us. I want you to write some of these things down today when you think about how God has loved you and how God has dealt with you in your life. Number one, if you want to write this down, is is the word initiates. I don't know if, if you've thought about this recently. Maybe you've gone to church a long time, but you haven't thought about this in in a long time and it hasn't dawned on you maybe in a long, long time. But do you know that God is the one that initiated a relationship with you? And God didn't initiate a relationship with you because you were likable. God didn't initiate a relationship with you because you were perfect or that you were worthy. God initiated this relationship with you. He's the one that sought you out. The Bible says in Colossians 2.13, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. And I think this word initiating and how God has always been the initiator of the relationship that we have with him. Now, why is this important? Because you got to, again, when you start to think about the key to your relationships is, is a healthy relationship with God and understanding how God has loved you. And so you start to think about this, this concept of God is the one that initiated. Y'all remember before you gave your heart to God what, it, what, what kind of person you were? Some of you are like, you know what, before I really surrendered my life to God, I was a I was a jerk. I did a lot of just horrible things. I treated people in a terrible way. Doesn't it blow your mind to think about this, that God is the one that he's initi- he initiated it? He, he initiated this, this relationship that you have. I love what, what Paul in his writings in Ephesians 
You know, if you ever, ever want to study a certain passage, I encourage you to maybe read it in different versions. And I love the message translation and how this scripture that in Ephesians 1, 3, it says, how blessed is God. Just let this soak into your heart today. How blessed is God and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and he takes, up to the, takes us to the high places of blessings in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What a pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift, giving by the hand of his beloved son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We're a free people, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all our misdeeds. And we're not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summoned up in him. Everything in deepest, everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth, God does. And I just want to tell you this, and I believe that this is what Paul is telling us today, is that God is not, and I believe that some of you need to hear this today, is that God is not in love with some future version of you. I know, listen to me, when we start to think about ourselves and we know the truth about us and we don't like what we see when we see ourselves and we can't understand for the life of us why God would love us. And a lot of us, especially if you've grown up in religion and church, a lot of times you're on this performance track where you're waiting around for God to love you because you're thinking that the, the, he's gonna really love the future version of me. God, listen to me, God is in love with you. And he's not, this, he's not in love with the future version of you. He's in, he's in love with you in the way that you are today. Romans 5, 6 says, you see it just at the right time. You, we were still powerless. Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want you to hear me when I say this to you today. You want to radically change your relationships in your life. Quit sending the message to your mate, to your family, to your friends that you will love them as soon as they do this, 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 this. One of the greatest things, parents, you can do for your kids today is stop communicating to your kids that they're going to get an attaboy as soon as they do really well in sports. That they're going to get an attaboy as soon as they do something they perform. That you are, you're going to do something for them. And listen to me, this is the culture that we live in that, that we, we don't initiate until somebody does something. In other words, just this, this concept of, you know what, you scratch my back and then I'll scratch your back. How would your relationships 
change if you started being the initiator, not waiting for your spouse to do all the right, perfect things? See, anybody can initiate something when, when people around you do the right things. And I, a lot of us, this is the battle. That it's Armageddon at your house. And what, what's going on is you're waiting for the other person. You're like, well, I'm not doing that because they're not doing this. They're not meeting my needs, needs so I'm not going to meet theirs. And, and listen to me. You, you can go, well, Pastor Stephen, I don't like what you're saying. Well, you just keep doing what you're doing then and see how it ends up. We get this backwards. We, we think that we're supposed to treat people and, and our relationships are so messed up because we're in our own little world and we've tried to separate it. And, and, and listen to me, if you're over in this world trying to operate in this world in that relationship and that is all about you scratching my back, I'm gonna scratch your back, it's gonna be just a nightmare. You need to be free from that. You need to be released from that and begin to, to, to walk in this flow of allowing God to flow through you and saying, you know what? God initiated this love. He initiated this, this relationship with me, so I'm going to be initi- an initiator in my life. How well are you at initiating? How well are you at reaching out and initiating a relationship with people that maybe can't do anything for you? People that maybe the friend that, that they have totally blown it in their life, that they have made every stupid decision you can imagine. Are you initiating a relationship with them? Are you reaching out to them? How well are you in, in your marriage that maybe your spouse has done everything wrong and they've made major, major mistakes And everything within you doesn't want to initiate anything, any kind of relationship and do anything kind for them. And I would just encourage you and remind you of the way that God has initiated a relationship and he has treated you. I love what Max Lakato says this. He says, you may choose to be out of my circle, but I don't have to choose to be out of yours. Because my love and my response to you is not based upon your love and your response to me. That's powerful. This will change your life if you operate out of that. This is why your relationship with God is so important and it's got to be healthy. The last area very quickly is God blesses you. God initiates a relationship and then God, he blesses you. And man, hasn't God blessed us? Every single one of us, God has been so good to us. I mean, go through the... the, the book of Ephesians and you will just be blown away at how Paul goes to this, goes through this just methodical steps of building this picture of how God initiates blessing in our life. That God is looking for ways to bless us. I mean, I think of one of the greatest things that he's done for us. Is you see this in verse 6 of chapter 1. It says, so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. The grace of God. Aren't you grateful that the grace of God is, is, that we serve a God of the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance and the 20th chance? God is an initiator and God blesses us. And, and listen to me, in your life, you have a choice. 
Are you going to be living your life out upon letting people dictate the way you live your life? Or are you going to say, you know what, as a Christ follower, I am called to live a different way. And my relationships are going to be different because they are going to be driven out of a relationship with Christ. My relationship with Christ is what's going to make my relationships healthy. I, I want to give you some homework today. Aren't you glad y'all came to church? You get homework today. My homework for you is I, I, I want you to, maybe this is going to break you out of your routine a little bit. But this week, your homework is, is that I, I want you to find somebody that you can initiate a blessing in their life. You know what most of us think of when we say initiate a blessing? We're like, well, man, pastor, you're talking about a big thing and I don't have time and I got a lot going on and I can't do that. And that's usually what Satan does is to convince us not to do something. It might be something real small. It might be something for your spouse that you go, you know what, my spouse, they have been total jerks to me. They have mistreated. They, and you can come up with a long list. It might be that you're a teenager, you're in high school right now, and your relationship with your mom and dad is crazy right now. And you're in your heart, you're like, I can't love them like this. I just would tell you something. Listen, I don't listen, I'm not, there's no perfect parents out there. There's parents that are trying their best, but they're not perfect. And if you're going to only show love to your parents because they do the right thing in your life, it's not going to happen like that. It's got to be the way God has loved you. And high school students, man, what can you do to initiate a blessing in your parents' life? Go mow the yard. Parents, amen, right? Clean the house, do something for them just to say, Mom, Dad, I love you so much. Find somebody in your world, in your life, that maybe has no capacity to say thank you, to, to be able to give it back, anything back to you. Think, remind yourself again, God initiated a blessing in your life. You didn't deserve it. You didn't do anything right to deserve this. And God has initiated this. Go initiate a blessing in somebody's life in the name of Jesus Christ, not because they deserve it, but because of what Christ has done in your life and see how relationships start to change. It is going to free you. I want to ask you to bow your heads and I want us to pray today. I want to, as we pray today, I want to invite those of you that, man, you've never accepted Christ into your life. And you are struggling with this decision. But you know you've been trying to drive your own life and it's a mess. Your relationships, everything about your life is a mess because you've been trying to do it on your own. You've taken matters into your own hands. And you know that, man, it, it is. this is a moment. This is a, a, the, the time God has brought you to this place. I just want to encourage you right there where you're at, at your seat, to just... Open your heart to God. Just in your own way, in your heart, just say, Jesus Christ, I invite you into my life. 
I confess that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross for me. You love me and you care about me. Receive him. Begin this journey with him. Father, I thank you for every person here today, God. I pray for all of us, God, as we live out our lives. May we constantly be reminded, God, of the power of relationships. God, may we be reminded, God, of the power that can come in our relationships when we begin to treat each other and initiate blessing in other people's lives. God, just the way you did this to us, God. Father, I pray blessing over every person. God, I pray for healing for those that need healing today. We thank you for this, God, in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.